Welcome to the Secret Brethren of What's That About? Where we promise you eternal life. The only downside is, well, you've got to sleep with Dom. All right, Donnie, let's do one of our mind tricks. I'm going to ask a question and then we're both going to answer it at the same time. Okay. What do you reckon would be the best thing about being a cult leader? On the count of three? Yep. One, two, three, rows. Orgies. (laughs) 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 You've said too much. (laughs) Uh... You have gone too hard too soon. <laughs> Not touching that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Okay, let's get up out of off the gutter. Um, cults, the episode of this week's podcast. Well, see, I feel sorry for the listeners already because this is one of those topics that I became quite interested in. Yep. Never a good episode when I get interested in the topic. It does. You end up with a list of about 40 different points. And well, I, I'm getting I my that phone ready. I, I actually keep on topic rather than going off on tangents that are actually more interesting than the actual topic. Rookie mistake right there. <laughs> that is not how you host this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I had a whole bunch of cult-based questions that I was interested in. Mm. Like, why do people join a cult? How does a cult start? What happens when the predictions of a cult don't come true? How do they kind of deal with that? So it's many a, questions. It's, a, really, it's a very with? interesting topic, actually. Oh, it's so interesting. Give us, a, give us your definition first. All right. So, a cult is a religious or social group with socially deviant or novel beliefs and practices. Interesting. So, that definition taps into the deviousness of it. It does, Or yeah, yeah. the novelty of it. So, because I only read it was around, it's just a bunch of people that worship the same set of beliefs or teachings as a charismatic leader. So it was a bit broader than your one. What do you want to know, Don? Hit me with some questions. <laughs> okay, so what makes people want to join cults? Mm, it's a good question. Glad you asked. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a few things. So pretty much cults offer the same things that any group does in terms of friendship and identity and respect and security. All of that standard stuff. On top of that, they offer people kind of a, a simple worldview. They kind of dis- discern good from bad and right from wrong and give people a little code about how they should live. And that's particularly important because there's some research which shows that people usually join cults at some transitional phase in their life. When they've kind of just come out of a relationship, lost a job, gone bankrupt, they're isolated in some way, that's Mm. when they're vulnerable to joining a cult. And they'll kind of be recruited through, you know, other networks or through friends or through colleagues um, in that moment of weakness and they'll kind of be, you know, herded into the flock. So they're looking for an answer or they're feeling lost and need some assistance. Or Exactly right. That seems to be yeah. the, the common profile of, of someone that joins a cult, except for those people that were born into them, which is quite common as well. They're the, they're the two main yeah. ways. And so how do a lot of cults start? What's the most common way for a cult to begin? Yeah, I feel like I'm under an examination here. <laughs> as my, as my, have I remembered my research? Deposition. <laughs> Most common way that they start 
is actually from a religious group. When one person's views become a bit extreme and they alter the basic teachings and teachings of that religion, and then they get kicked out and others were like, oh, I want to hear more about what he had to say. And then they'll jump into his little camp and then mm. he'll become the charismatic leader that starts this cult. That's the most common way. And, and is that when the orgies begin? Because it seems to me, <laughs> all I'm talking 80% of the cults I researched, that cult leader was, uh, he was enjoying himself. Oh, like Nookie it's, it's, as far as the eye can see. It seems like it's just a vehicle to get uh, your rocks off. Yeah, uh, I don't really disagree. <laughs> that that yeah, seems right. to be that common. It always comes to back to that, yeah. He's always got about 54 partners of the of the flock that he's sleeping with like it's yeah yeah it's very common it's yeah it's so weird i it's funny though when you think about like here is a person who's managed to convince other people not only of his beliefs but to change their lifestyle and follow him and sleep with him in the meanwhile we can't get 10 people to listen to this podcast <laughs> like that's true <laughs> how is he doing it we need to take some tips, I think. We, we, we need to start offering Nookie. It's the, uh... I, think, I think that's going to decrease numbers, if anything. <laughs> Certainly, mum's going to stop listening anyway. So. <laughs> good. Too far once again. That's very good. Um, yeah. Next question. Um, okay, so what? how do people... Assuming, on the assumption that people get brainwashed to join a cult or get brainwashed while they're in the cult, how does that go about? How does that happen? Yeah, there's a few little tactics they use. So, they have kind of what they call thought control programs, where the aim is to try and get you to question what you thought you knew about yourself and your family and the world. So, once they can get you questioning those basic premises, you're kind of vulnerable to accepting their truth. So it's kind of like, oh, you think you're like this, but you're actually more like this. And therefore, if they can convince you of that, they use that as leverage to build upon. And mm. I guess some other ways they do it is they create this really strong us versus them mentality. That the people that we know the truth versus those that don't know the truth. So any criticism from external just strengthens the, the in-group. So they kind of welcome criticism in a way because it bonds their group. Uh, another way they do it is they'll kind of, <clears throat> early on when people are vulnerable, they'll force them to disclose some of their deeper secrets. And then they kind of have that over them from then on. And even, I watched this Scientology documentary where mm, when people try to leave, they'll try to emotionally blackmail them about this secret they disclose. So you're kind of trapped. You can't really speak against the group because they will publicly shame you. Yeah, now I've read... The, you know, there's the Going Clear documentary. I read the book that that was based on, mm. and they have some some stuff over some pretty high fo- high profile members, and that's why they've theorised that certain celebrities haven't left yet. Yeah, they've just kind of gone quiet about it. Yeah. They haven't publicly left or, or gone against the, the the church because, yeah, apparently they've got some they've got some zingers. Yeah, that's <clears> right. And I guess the other the other thing that's at play here Greece is-, is the word. The other thing at play here is is that once you've kind of joined a cult and you've essentially farewelled your old world, it creates this sense of dependency where if you leave, you have no one else to go to. So it's better to have a negative influence than 
to be completely alone in in a lot of people's minds. So um, that's right. You get they, you know, you're shunning your family, you're shunning your friends that aren't in the in the group, and so you're completely dependent on them socially as well. Yeah, exactly right. So it's a bit of an abyss you're jumping into by leaving, which is very frightening. So mm. there's some of the main ways they do it. Intense. Okay, so I remember. Oh, I remember multiple times previously where there's people been, you know, calling. It's going to be the end of the world, um, November the fifth or something, and then November the fifth comes and it's just a lovely sunny day. How does that get rationalised with these cults? Yeah, now this is this is the best. Like there is this study that was done, and it, this is up there with you know that study about the dolphin and the researcher we spoke about a couple of episodes ago. Of course, nearly as good as that. <laughs> So there were some researchers that were interested in this exact question and they kind of got involved in a cult who had predicted the end of the world on a certain date. Mm. And they were kind of like watching them leading up to this date and everyone was like really believing what they were saying about the world's going to end. I think it was going to be some form of flood or, or, or some alien shit was going to come and save them before a flood took out the world or that was something like that. Mm. And ultimately the date and specific time came and went that they were predicting. And then everyone in the group kind of sat around. They weren't really saying much to each other, trying to digest what had just not happened. And then the leader of the group claims that he received a call from the aliens saying, because of your efforts in trying to warn the world, we spared the world. So they essentially changed their their beliefs. Genius, genius. To be around, ah, this is true. And because we believed in it, we ended up saving everyone. So it's actually one of the, the first kind of experiments around what they call cognitive dissonance, where people don't want to give up their belief, so they'll change their interpretations of what's happening so they're in line. And there's like heaps of heaps of literature that's flooded since then around this cognitive dissonance. But that was like a really interesting case study for it. The best thing about that is, is he received a call from the aliens. They rang his <laughs> telephone. That's well, you might have said, "Well, I just got a facsimile from uh, the aliens, and I think they've decided." Uh, I just received a telegram. Not going to invade. Stop. No. <laughs> Carry on as usual. Stop. I just love thinking about the, the detail of that. Would he have? gone out of the room and pretended to take the call <laughs> in a different room and just spoke on one side. Like, how would that have actually yeah. happened? I was, I'm hoping he does both voices and then just hoping someone's listening. Like, <laughs> we're not going to invade. <laughs> All right, then that's pretty good. <laughs> Carry on as usual. <laughs> they, they were the main things I wanted to say about cults. I'm pretty happy I got them off my chest. All right, so I've got a list of a few... Uh, well-known cults, which is sort of kind of interesting mm-hmm. and a little bit depressing, to be honest. So let's end on a on a down note. Anyway, and then there's another group called the Branch Davidians, which is very famous. Uh, it was formed by a guy called David Koresh. I think that was the Texas, you know, where they ended up burning the... Mm. It's worth looking into. There's a really great documentary on it. Um, and he was in the Church of the Seventh-day Adventists and he was expelled due to his, due to his radical views and among these views was the fact that he was a messiah and that all women were his spiritual wives. Now, I tried that line at a pub the other day. <laughs> no dice. It didn't... I got nowhere. <laughs> Listen, you're one of my spiritual wives. <laughs> worth a shot, though. Worth a shot. Yeah, worth a shot. Didn't come out. Yeah, good. Um, 
to be honest, it's a similar story for all of them. And none, they very rarely end well, the cults. They always yeah. go out in a pretty dramatic sort of thing. There's, it's a really sad, you know, about, sad kind of it's case, really isn't sad. it? Yeah, like Jonestown. There's ma- many really good documentary on Jonestown. Do you know about that? No. So Jonestown is a guy, he, he had hundreds of followers and he ended up moving all of them away from the US and into, I think it was Guyana, hmm. which is in South America. And I can't remember the specifics, but in the end, he got really delusional and he had lots of orgies as well. Just putting that in there. Just a side and note. Yeah, just a side note. Sensing so much jealousy but, in the way you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was weird. But in the end, he... There was a lot of sort of media reports on the stuff that everyone was really unhappy. They couldn't get out. They were stuck in Guyana. So a congressman went to visit there to check it out. And in the end, I think as he was leaving, I think people had approached him that were members there and they had decided, you know, we need to. Someone gave him multiple notes and told him they couldn't get out and they were stuck there. And the congressman, he got killed with a bunch of other people. Massive news. Wow. And then the main guy was, you know, rightfully thought that the US was going to come and invade. So he made everyone drink Kool-Aid, which is the famous, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ah, is that where that comes from? That's that. So basically, I think it was about 900 people drank the Kool-Aid and um, they all died. 900? So it was heaps. Oh, it was hundreds whoa. of people, including children. Very, you know, really terrible. And there's actually, he was recording audio of the time and he was convincing people to drink the Kool-Aid. Whoa. Um, and you can access that. I think it's on YouTube. Oh, So it's basically you. him speaking to his followers. And there's a couple of people that were really arguing against it. And I think he ended up holding people at gunpoint, making them drink Kool-Aid. And you could hear people screaming in this agony in the background. Oh, God. It's really full-on, terrible stuff. That yeah. is really full-on. Mm. I hadn't heard about that. That's massive. I'd heard about the Kool-Aid, yeah. but I didn't know the, the backstory. Yeah, I think there's, you know, the documentary, I think it's just called Jonestown. It's really mm. interesting. But Far out. It's really, uh, it's pretty intense and not for... Not really enjoyable viewing. No, it's when I was researching and I was coming across those kind of examples, not that one in particular, but just generally like that. Mm. And just they're just tragic endings to these. It just kind of um, just becomes really concerning around how these cults are able to be established without the any accountability. Yeah. Oh no! Other another side note. That's probably the longest monologue I've ever done on this. Uh, I feel like I feel like you. I feel like letting off streamers and balloons from the ceiling. So I was, I was talking for a, at least a minute there. <laughs> that was <laughs> mad. I didn't even knew you could talk for that long. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know I could either. <laughs> <coughs> the um, as on another side note, mm. the whole idea of an orgy just sounds like too much hard work. Oh yeah. I, I'm too socially anxious. They're just a little communication around how do you organise, who goes with who, and when do you begin and when do you end, and how, who's to, it's just too much. I'd be too anxious. I'd rather just you think a, about this a lot. I'd rather just have a hot, hot <laughs> mile and about, a packet of biggies. <laughs> you're thinking about that a lot. No, <laughs> um, now, there was one guy, his name, I used to do stand-up comedy with him a long time ago, Matthew Keneally. He had a joke about being in an orgy, you know, if you're making love with your significant other, you know, it's usually a tender moment at the end where you're just hugging or something. If there's more than two people, it turns into like a football team thing. All right, listen, you really started well. You've got to stick together. <laughs> just, like, just the way <laughs> you're true. talking, like a football team. 
I, I don't know how it would work in terms of wouldn't the most attractive person to get all the attention and the least attractive just in the corner, like reading a book? Like, how, how would it work? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel uncomfortable talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Theorizing too much. It's never going to happen. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so that's a probably enough about orgies for one night. <laughs> too much. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> that will probably do us. That's a bit of a an A to Z of cults. Thoroughly enjoyed. Not not as good as placebo effect, but it was pretty good. It <laughs> was interesting. It was interesting. Pretty good. So don't join one unless you want to. Then then do your own decisions. But, uh, just don't hurt anyone. Just be just be friendly. Just be friendly. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya, bye.